Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated to the life and memory of Joni Lauer, a.k.a. the ninth wonder of the world, China. the biggest misconception of China is? Because just getting to talk to you, you know, you're very, you're very intelligent, like I said earlier, very polarizing figure in not only sports but also professional wrestling, sports entertainment. But what's the biggest misconception of China? You know, the truth, and I want to tell the story, you know. There's a story there. There's a lot of obstacles and a lot of great things that have been accomplished, and I know it, and, you know, I want that to be remembered because those are the important things. And also just about, you know, being happy and coming out on the other side, you know, a happy, accomplished person. And I think that that's... um, a story for athletes, for fans, for women, um, you know, and I think it's a good story. It's a story that needs to be told. Don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like an old man. Treat me for just who I Power trip. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> ECW World Heavyweight Champion. The ECW. When you want to load down a professional wrestling, come right here to the two man power trip of wrestling. You'll get all the load down. <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the, on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. It just You said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things, but. Chad and John, the two-man power trip. That's uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, John. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hear me. Fear me. What's going on, guys? This is a 7-foot, 330-pound DNA of TNA. That's right. My DNA is outer space. And you're listening to the two-man power trip of professional wrestling. You know, I I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know 10 times more than I do. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. (laughs) They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the 
two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Meowbox. Meowbox is a monthly cat subscription box service full of surprises and delivered to your door every single month. And as always, please be sure to stay tuned for a special offer courtesy of our fine feline friends over at Meowbox and Meowbox.com. And with that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Primetime, John Paz and John, today on the show, we are absolutely honored to be joined by a true icon in the world of professional wrestling, as well as a voice that goes along hand-in-hand with some of the greatest moments that are ever identifiable with a promotion, and that is the area, the territory known as Memphis. That's right. We are huge fans of Memphis wrestling history, and if our former guest list is any indication of what we've already had on the show, then today's episode with the voice of Memphis wrestling, Lance Russell, is definitely going to fill in some gaps, and we're going to get some pretty interesting takes on some classic moments having to do with Memphis wrestling and some of the classic characters and some of the more finer things that happened in the career of Lance Russell from the man himself, a guy who has been in the wrestling business for so long. He's seen so many things that it was really uh, such an honor to actually have him on the show and to go into such great detail with a voice who, like we had when we had Mark Lawrence on talking about world-class championship wrestling, we got to get it from the perspective of somebody who was in the trenches behind the mic of the Memphis wrestling promotions. And John, with that being said, when we talk about a name like Lance Russell being so synonymous with professional wrestling in Memphis, it really is quite awesome to see what he really can bring to the table when he can fill in some of those gaps of the stories that we did cover on previous episodes with so many countless personalities from the world of Memphis wrestling. Yes, Chad, this is a great one and quite an honor to get Mr. Lance Russell, the voice of Memphis Wrestling, on the show with us. And boy, was this a fun one. It just it was just an honor, you know, I'll say it again, just to have him on. It was just great. He is so synonymous with Memphis Wrestling. Obviously, they go hand-in-hand hand through many years. He's been there through the good, the great, the bad. Whatever you want to say, Lance Russell was there through it all. And it's just unbelievable to get to reminisce with him and tell some of the great stories of Memphis wrestling with him. And you know what? It's so crazy to think that he is coming up, or actually at this point, he just turned 90 years old by the time we were interviewing him. And that's crazy. And that's a lot of wrestling he's seen over the years. Think about that. I mean, whew. And you think, you know, maybe he lost a step or whatever. No, he's quick as a whip. Very smart, very bright guy. He's still with it all the way at the age of 90. And I hope I'm still with it uh, when I get to 90 or if, God willing, get to the age of 90. So it's just great to hear him and the voice is still there. That was the first thing we got on the phone. We were thinking, Chad, remember we were just talking. We're like, I wonder if he'll still have the, the iconic, the legendary, the awesome voice. And he still has that great voice. And you can check out the YouTube clip we put up as well. It's just awesome to get to hear that voice and him be speaking to us instead of speaking to us through the tv and that was really really cool and definitely one of the interviews that we marked down when we first started doing this because we are old school memphis marks we love getting our hands on any of those tapes whether it be uh, through high spots or through Corey macklin or or you know some underground forums and stuff we just love getting our hands on some memphis wrestling and we love to hear from lance russell so it was just awesome to be able to get him on with us and him to be speaking to us with that legendary voice and 
you know, we said it before with with Mark Lawrence from World Class, and there's some voices, some iconic voices that as soon as you hear them, you equate them with some sort of wrestling. And with Lance Russell, you equate him 100% with Memphis wrestling and, and the lineage and the history, and that all goes through your mind. And he was there through it all, and he called it all. So awesome again, I'll say, and I keep saying that word, and it's just unbelievable to get Lance on because what an honor it was, especially being Memphis Marks like we are. Yeah, you're totally right. That iconic voice is still there. And from the first literal second that he was on, I just I smiled from ear to ear. And I just I could feel it through you, too, that we just we had him and we had that voice that you just you heard on all the tapes of Lawler versus Kaufman and just all the bloody brawls that you got to see through the tape trading and the little clips, you know, of like a pro wrestling uh, television um with Joe Pettisino, when you got to see those clips, the uh, the, the weekly television, uh, the little snippets that you got, you heard Lance Russell's voice, and it was just so cool to get him on and to get that take from somebody who just was turning 90 years old, and it's absolutely, like you said, it's mind-boggling. I wish at 90 I could have half that vigor that he does and, and the passion that he does to still talk about wrestling. And I, like a, you know, a sports broadcasting nerd, had to get his background about what he did prior to getting into wrestling, but it's the stories themselves that speak for themselves. I hate to use a cliche like that, but John, what are some of them that really stand out to you? Because there were so many we could go with in the little bit of time we had available, but uh, highlights, yes, but what are some that really stick out to you? Now, obviously, when you're talking with a guy of Lance Russell's stature and his length of time, if you will, in the wrestling business, like we both mentioned, 90 years old, he's seen a ton of wrestling, and being in Memphis for as long as he was in Memphis, He's seen it all, he's done it all, he's called it all, he's experienced it all. But we did go through a lot of the great stories, a lot of the great triumphs of Memphis. I mean, we kind of uh, touched on all bases. Obviously, we touched on how he got into wrestling, what his history was with wrestling. Was he a fan? And we got into all that stuff. But then once you got into Memphis, we talked about the legendary stories of Elvis Presley showing up and watching wrestling. We talked a lot about Jerry Jerry. We talked a little bit about Jeff Jerry. We had some great stuff on Jerry Lawler. I mean, you cannot talk about Memphis wrestling without talking about Jerry Lawler, the king of Memphis, Tennessee. And obviously, Lawler was such a big draw down there, such a big icon. And Lance was there with him all literally when Jerry started, when he was basically nothing, when he was just doing some artwork and stuff for Memphis and for Jerry Jarrett and so Lance has seen Jerry blossom he's seen him become a bona fide legend and icon of the sport and he's been there through all of his feuds I mean we talk about the Austin Idol feud of course we talk about the legendary Andy Kaufman feud and the crazy wackiness that Andy Kaufman brought to wrestling and brought to Memphis we talk a little bit a little bit about Jimmy Hart we talk about it all with Lance so quite an awesome interview so much fun I just love going down memory lane with Lance especially with his long-standing history of Memphis and you, you know you really can't talk Memphis like we've had Austin Idol on before we've had Bill Dundee coming soon you'll hear an interview with Randy Hales I mean we've had so many guys we even talked to Jesse the Body briefly about Memphis we've had so many Memphis guys and we've talked about so much Memphis stuff but how could you talk Memphis without talking to Lance Russell so we had to go to the voice of Memphis wrestling we had to go to the source and of course this time around you know we interviewed Lance and we talked extensively about Memphis wrestling 
Without a doubt. And like I said in the opening line there, the, the guys that we've had on our show that passed through that territory, everybody's got an amazing story, and so many of them are in the vault. And go back and check those out. And Primetime will give you all the information on where you can find those episodes. And there's so many to choose from. And there's two parts on Austin Idol. There's like what John said with Jerry Jarrett, Jesse the Body Ventura. There's so many. Bob Zamuda. I did not give Bob Zamuda the credit that he deserved being on our show when we were talking about the Jim Florentine episode and having entertainers on. Bob Zamuda gave us another great take of what it was like in Memphis during the Andy Kaufman fiasco and all that was so cool to have in our vault and in our two-man power trip of wrestling universe. And I just really hope you enjoyed Lance Russell as much as we enjoyed recording it. And, of course, if you've got any Memphis uh, recommendations, hey, hit us up on Twitter and uh, tell us who you want to hear. We've heard some great names, and there's definitely some more in the future. And there's some uh, in the vault right now waiting to come out that I know a lot of you old-school Memphis fans are going to really love. And with that being said, John, today's episode is brought to you by Meowbox. And Meowbox is back, and they're still offering the great Power Trip 10, 10% off your monthly box subscription, your first monthly box subscription, excuse me, with Meowbox and Meowbox.com. And all the folks over at Meowbox love what the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling brings to the table, and we love all the things that Meowbox brings to the customers and the fans and the listeners of the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling. And with that being and said, John, tell them a little bit more about Meow Box and give them a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the voice of Memphis Wrestling, Lance Russell. Yes, Meow Box, baby. They are the best. They have a little service called One Box Can where every Meow Box purchase will get you a can of food donated to a shelter cat on your behalf. So that is excellent. Also remember, all edible items are made in the USA or Canada so you know where your edible items are coming from. Now, if you have a picky cat like mine, Lucy, who uh, has a bit of a special diet, you can replace your edible items with toys and surprises, which little Lucy absolutely loves, and that is great of Meowbox. So just remember, folks, that is Meowbox.com, promo code POWERTRIP10 for 10% off your first subscription. Again, Meowbox.com, promo code POWERTRIP10 for 10% off your first subscription. Now, for some TMPT business, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Rasslin' Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Also, check out the feed for prior great episodes featuring the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Stan the Lariat Henson, Dale the Patriot Wilkes, Matt Morgan, Homicide, and so, so, so many more. So please check that out. Also, you can check us out on Player FM, the I-95 Sports Network, and the Top Rope Press Radio Network on TopRopePress.com. Also, please check out our Pro Wrestling T-Store. It is new, and it is awesome. So check out the TMPT, Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling page, on ProWrestlingTees.com, and order one of our shirts today. Also, wire over there. Scroll over to the Kevin Thorne page where you can become a member of the Bite Club. And speaking of Kevin Thorne, if you're looking to book Kevin Thorne, a.k.a. Mordecai, a.k.a. Kevin Fertig, please email bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. That is bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. And now, without any further ado, the voice 
of Memphis Wrestling, one of the greatest and most legendary announcers of all time. He is Lance Russell. Please enjoy. Lance Russell, we're right along ringside already to go with another big day, championship wrestling. Unfortunately, our old sidekick Dave Brown won't be able to be with us today. So we're going to have a big show that he's going to have to miss in this particular situation. We've got a great opener with Buzz Sawyer going against Jimmy Golden. Ought to be a fine scientific match. Don Carson and Dennis Condry come in here. Mm. I'm thrilled with everything uh, right now. It's, uh, it's our distinct honor and pleasure to be joined by one of the most iconic voices in the history of professional wrestling, and you cannot talk about Memphis wrestling without going right to the source itself, and that is the man himself, Lance Russell. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Chad, thank you very much. I'm glad to be with you and John today, particularly to talk about the subject of Memphis wrestling. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I talk about any wrestling anytime I can, but Memphis is is one of my dear loves, and uh, thank you very much for asking me to be on. I'm delighted to join with you and uh, hope that we both end up learning something about each other here today. Oh, it's, uh, it, trust me, I'm, I'm about to be on the edge of my seat only because I look at you from two perspectives. One, we've had so many of the roster of the glory days of Memphis wrestling on the show but also then, you know, the geeky television side of me wants to talk to you about how you maintain 50-plus years in professional wrestling and calling professional wrestling. But we'll take uh, one step at a time, and that is your voice and how identifiable it is with Memphis wrestling. And when you look back at your time as a broadcaster, is that something when you started you ever envisioned, that 50-plus years in the books in something that you love in professional wrestling? No way. I just really, and didn't, it was a situation that, that kind of married me to the business, uh, that took place in Dayton, Ohio. I was working at a, the auditorium in Dayton, Ohio, and I was a young fellow there. And, and, um, one of the attractions that we had was like on a monthly basis, they had professional wrestling come in to the market and that was the way I I, I began to uh, get my first taste of it and develop the sincere love for it and then when I, I ended up down in the south which is where uh, I was born as a matter of fact and uh, I, and grew up <laughs> and kind of grew up in wrestling and got connected uh, in an accidental way with uh, Nick Goulas and Roy Welch, uh, a couple of very famous names in Southern wrestling because they, Roy was an outstanding wrestler, but Roy, uh, along with uh, Nick Goulas, uh, were the promoters for wrestling in Birmingham and all over the South and different markets and uh, I ended up working at a station in Jackson, Tennessee, and they started supplying wrestlers to run a live wrestling show in Jackson. Now, isn't this an easy interview? You just mentioned <laughs> wrestling, and I start talking, and I keep going till I wind out. <laughs> 
Oh, no, really and truly, <laughs> really and truly, I, I it's, it's something I dearly love, and and I've been talking about it for a lot of years, and and uh, never get tired of it. But I did end up uh, at WDXI TV in Jackson, Tennessee, and and they said, "Well, have you ever done wrestling?" And I said, "No, I've done." Baseball, football, basketball—you name it—and all of that sort of thing. And and uh, well, we're starting a wrestling show here in two weeks, and so you better learn something about it. I said I don't really have to learn; I love it, and so I think I've learned enough that I can uh, say something about it. And sure enough, stumbled into it and kept on doing it fifty years. Oh, my goodness. What a what a lucky guy I have been. And that's true. I've been with a lot of wonderful people, and some of them not so wonderful, just to be honest about it. But uh, it's been it's been it's been a it's been a great life. And I appreciate you guys letting me spend a little time with you chit chat. And I think I've worn out everybody in this end of the <laughs> the <laughs> map. <laughs> so uh, there we go. I'll shut up and let you add some of the ones you'd like to know something about, or no, at least what I know about them. Well, I want to stick huh? with you for a second. I, I want to stick with you. Oh, because, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. Anybody, let's talk about you. That, you're the subject of the interview, so we want to know about <laughs> your career. And actually, so you said something really cool there that I want to touch on. And that is that you did call other sports before you started wrestling. And how did you, you know, how were you yes. able to kind of translate calling, you know, a baseball or calling, you know, basketball or something, and then translate that style over into live professional wrestling? You know, I never really looked at it that way. So it's so if I don't give you a, a correct answer, it'll be only because I don't know any better. Uh, I just the way it comes out of my heart and the truth of the matter, of course, I started doing other wrestling, uh, like a lot of guys that had their love for broadcasting and they listened to their favorite sports announcer and, and, and wanted to grow up doing what I was doing. But I started primarily doing, started off in broadcasting high school football. So you can see with the whole uh, high school football and basketball and, and uh, some very little boxing because we had some, some football players that uh, were in amateur boxing and the Golden Gloves and, and all. But uh, it was primarily that was what led me into the sports element. And, uh, and then as time went along and I was in Jackson and the truth, that's a true story. I was, I've told this thing so many times. I ran across a guy that owned the station, and he hollered out and essentially what I said to you. Hey, Russell, do you know anything about broadcasting wrestling? And I said, well, I've never broadcast wrestling, but believe me, I don't have to go learn because I've been a wrestling fan, and that's, in essence, what you'll be getting as a wrestling fan. And son of a gun, I wasn't lying. That was the truth. Uh, I am a wrestling fan and make no bones about it any way you cut it. And so uh, that's the way it all started with me and, and how wrestling ended up in the tail end, not because of my interest, but because they, they weren't doing any kind of wrestling in high school um, that was worthy of 
I, that's not a nice thing to say, and I don't mean it that way, but it, it, uh, they weren't like professional wrestling, which they were looking to draw folks and, and put some numbers up in the, in the, uh, box office. And, uh, so that's kind of how I ended up going with wrestling is on top of all of the high school athletes. And, and I did, uh, college basketball. I did Memphis state football and, and so on like that. But, uh, my, and this is not to say that I don't like other sports. I do. I love all of them. And, um, but I, there's nothing that I love like wrestling because it's been a part of my life and, uh, it, it more so than any other sport. Although I do pretend to play or used to pretend to play golf a pretty good lot. <laughs> and my wife and I enjoy that very much. So there we are. Now shoot me something else I can talk about. Well, like I'll tell you what. So now wrestling. Cool <laughs> yeah, here we go. So here we go. Another cool thing about you, and it's, you know, another, it's sweet about so- social media and, you know, your Facebooks and your Twitters and all that stuff where people really love to reminisce about things they loved as a child. And it seems like that is yes. a very, very popular thing to do, whether it's a picture with – you know, some funny writing on it or what, but one that I saw over the weekend, actually, as we're starting to prepare for your uh, your interview, is that they said it was a picture of you, and it said Memphis wrestling over your shoulder, and it said, if you saw this as a kid, your childhood was awesome. How does it feel to be identifiable with the childhood of so many wrestling fans that you're the voice that pretty much could draw them in just from the opening? Hello, everybody. Well... Thank you. I, I'm glad you, uh, you, you've heard it enough to where you do know that. Dad, come, this guy knew that yellow again, everybody. How about that? Huh? I was talking to my booker over here, and yeah, I, I, it's true. I, I, I love it, and uh, it, it, it was great to stumble into it, and that's what really happened because as you probably, and I don't know this was for the better, but I developed whatever it is that I do in broadcasting wrestling, primarily did it again. I'm not doing that much of it anymore, but uh, miss it too. Uh, but I, I, I just developed that, that, a technique because I loved it. And I mean, and what I'm saying is I wasn't trying to make anybody else. Yeah, I was too trying to make them in love with wrestling just the way I, I see it. And, uh, so it just kind of happened. And it is when I've had people a lot of, who did you follow and who did you imitate and how did you get there? And so on like that. Well, uh, I, as you, you know, it better than I do from listening to, to a lot of different wrestling announcers. Um, I did a style that was, uh, is what I loved. I mean, I talk about it the way I talk about it. If you and I all, if the three of us were sitting there in our, in an auditorium and, and we were sitting in three even seats along where we could talk to each other, I'd be doing the same thing that I've been doing for 50 years 
in front of a microphone because it, it's the way that it strikes me. And uh, I hopefully would, uh, uh, I, ho- I hopefully wasn't saying anything <laughs> that I'd be embarrassed about uh, saying in my broadcasting because I believed in that. I am not, I have said, I've had it said to me that, you know, you can sure do low-key stuff. Uh, you you get doing too low. Well, I don't mean to be low-key. Sometimes I don't think there's some wrestling. I've seen the wrestling that really didn't impress me as being too good, too exciting. And so when it's not, I don't, I don't hype it up. And uh, I tell the wrestling fans what I see and what I believe and what I know about the individuals that are in the ring and try to add some things and see why they do what they do, where they learned it, because they got that from a next-door neighbor who was a college wrestler at Purdue. And that's where I first got the idea for and and that's and, and that's the way it comes out in broadcasting and uh so that's uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of how we got into the style we do yes definitely had a very unique style and the whole thing about memphis wrestling in general was very unique very innovative but can you explain a little bit about the crazy memphis style cuz you know you had a lot of crazy brawls a lot of crazy action yeah. So talk about a little bit the the Memphis style. Yes, I can I can tell you about that because I find it to be most interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of wrestling from a lot of parts of the country, and I've never seen anything exactly like Memphis wrestling. When I went with WCW and was with Turner Broadcasting for those years after being in Memphis for a lot of years, um. I got down there, and a lot of the wrestlers used to really put me down. When I say that, I mean it literally. <laughs> no, that, that's a joke, folks. Uh, it, but they did because they said, you guys get in there and laugh and scratch and all of that, and people are sitting there saying, man, this is not the way rural wrestling is and all, and you're making fun of wrestling. No, that's not the way it is. But I've seen a lot of funny things that happen in the wrestling. Some of them that are not so funny that I've seen in there, but I've seen a lot. And and particularly when we were working in, in the smaller towns and the people there seemed to have a bigger funny bone than maybe some of the uh, people who live in hard-nosed territories of the big cities. And... Uh, the folks out there in the country and in the smaller towns, they have more room for laughing and chuckling about seeing whether it's wrestling or whether it's baseball or whatever it is. I think the same thing was absolutely true in baseball. And, uh, and so that's where we didn't, if it was funny, we laughed. And if it wasn't, sometimes we laughed anyhow <laughs> because of some of the stuff that had taken place and been pulled on one wrestler or another. But it it was 
something that was a part of the culture, I believe. And I know this to be a fact. I'm not going to tell you that I haven't seen a lot of the same thing in Eastern and Northern, and I haven't done that much West Coast as as the other areas in there, but I have done enough to where I feel I've, I've tasted it at least. And the the things that came out of the South and that I grew up in, and even it seems to me that when I was in Dayton and saw saw wrestling, which was a Midwestern style of it, um, I I probably laughed a little bit more than maybe some of the other people. I don't know, uh, but it, it was not embarrassed to say, you know, we laughed at that, and these guys pulled this and all, and. Because you had guys who were working in the ring who individually probably had funnier things happen in their life than some of the guys in Madison Square Garden and New York and Boston, which is one of my great thrills. And I repeated this a jillion times about the first time that I went into the Boston Gardens and saw the the floor. Oh, my goodness, the floor. How many times on television have I seen that parkade floor? And the first time that I went into it to broadcast with WCW, I went up there. I was bowled over. And I'm sitting up there with the audio engineer maybe an hour or two hours before we had the match. And I wanted to get used to it and look around at all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting up there and we're testing out here and there and and all of a sudden, uh, I hear this, hey, Lance! And I'm thinking, what? Did he say Lance? And the guy, I look down there, and here's a group of about five or six guys standing down there. And to shorten it down, I waved at them. They waved back. I said, come on up. And sure enough, they came flying up those stairs and got up there. And then I said, what in the world are you guys doing up here? I know you got to be from somewhere in Upper Mississippi or or somewhere in West Tennessee or something like that. No, we're from right here in Boston. I said, what? Well, how do you know me? I, we we don't have any program that runs on television up here in the Boston market. Just now, I've just started to work up here and all. No, no, we trade tapes. And that was the first time that I had ever heard. And I know people that hear this story for the first time think, what an idiot. Can you believe being (laughs) more than 21 years old and never hear of tape trading? And it's true. I was not familiar with tape trading in the wrestling business or anything else. But uh, they said, that's how we trade tapes, get the Memphis tapes. And we love the Memphis show down there. And, we send tapes down in exchange for the Memphis things, and that's true. And so that's the way that these guys were doing it. And after that happened, I had the same thing in similar circumstances. One of them was a, that I talk a lot about because it was so far away. I did a show in in uh, Las Vegas, uh, and do you know that's a sad thing, but this is the way it is when you get to be almost old. (laughs) 
and and you uh, you start remembering things and you forget some names here and there. I, I did a show up there with a friend of mine who was a radio broadcaster, and, and we got on there. And the first call that we had, this guy says, "Hey, Lance, I'm sure glad to talk to you, man." I went, I said, "Where are you calling from?" Well, we're down here in Australia, and I said, "What?" I know our station may be pretty good, but it doesn't have a signal that goes to Australia. And then the 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 tape trading thing came up again and all. But it's all part of real life, and I love it. Uh, so I don't know what else to tell you about it. You know, it's great. Hey, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's great, though, with the, the tape trading because, uh, you know, that's a very, very popular thing, especially when, you know, Memphis started to really, really gain some ground when Jerry the King yeah. was oh. absolutely on fire. What's, what was absolutely like? on fire. Tell me about that, my boy. You're talking about a guy who is on fire when he is living, brother. He is on fire. Jerry's... Jerry's a very talented guy. You've heard people talk about, I'm sure, heard there. Maybe you haven't. I'll tell you first and foremost that Jerry Lawler is an outstanding artist. Now, when I say that, I don't mean a cartoonist. He's that, too. But he is an outstanding artist. And he went to school on an art scholarship, as a matter of fact, and and and. All of that passed away, and then he got into wrestling. And stuff. I don't know how all this came about, but he brought that same amazing talent for detail. Uh, he brought it to the wrestling business with him when he get it. Get a, I, I'd been in broadcasting some time when I first met Jerry and started working with him, and he he was he was the kind of guy who just his mind wanted to absorb everything that you knew. So he would know as much as you did, and Jerry's that way, and a very smart guy, and and, and he he got a, a whale of a sense of humor, and and best of all, he is a brilliant artist, and does he does uh, uh, what can I say? It's not science fiction. Yeah, well, science fiction, you know, cartoon. I can't think of it. It, it gets away from you sometimes. The mind does. Uh, and what I'm trying to say is a little cartoon uh, things, pictures, and, and that sort of stuff. He does great paintings, just like the guys that do comic books. That's what I was trying to think of. He does great comic books and has done them for a lot of the uh, uh, comic book people. And And he just he just is very, very talented in that, and it has meant a, a lot to him. And he can do it or not do it in in a drop of a hat. So, uh, if you haven't heard it, there's one that I thought I would spice up the conversation with: is Jerry's artwork. It's it's beautiful. So if you ever get a chance and you see anybody say, "Hey, the Jerry Lawler showing is." going on down at the Coliseum or something like that. You want to step in and see it. Whether you like art or dislike art or what, you will love what Jerry does. Uh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a great artist and, and, and a great wrestler as well. And I can't help but think of, you know, with Memphis Wrestling, obviously there's you, and then you, you can't help but think of Jerry Lawler and all of his amazing feuds. But one really sticks out, and that was with Andy Kaufman. Do you remember how oh, yeah. crazy that feud got? And, you know, around David Letterman and everything else? Absolutely. I mean, how do you forget anything like that? I could not believe. Now, here's a number one comic on national, international television. And here is a guy who calls up Lawler because he had been given Lawler's name. And he said, I want to come down and wrestle with you guys down there. I love your wrestling. He was a tape trader too, and uh, I, and, and Lawler said, "What? Who is this again?" <laughs> and he couldn't believe what he was hearing about it because he was the number one comic on television in situation comedy at the time, and he he was terrific at it. Well, he came down, and, and the people up in 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 the East wouldn't have him because they said, well, you're making fun of wrestling by doing that. He started out doing it in nightclubs. And, and to be honest with you, and the first one that he ever did was with his girlfriend. He conned her. And I say that with a little chuckle in my voice, uh, he, he did that by conning her and doing a wrestling thing, getting up and challenging him. And that's how he became the world's leading wrestler of women. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's a priceless character he was, and, and we lost, lost a dear one when uh, it happened to him. But it was, uh, it was great to be around him, and he was very unusual, very unique guy. He would, uh, hey, my earpiece fell out of my ear. Wait a minute. Okay, there, I stuffed it back down in the ear. Good, there we are. Now, and what is the sport we're talking about tonight? Is this soccer? No, no. And so so uh, he came down, and, and son of a gun, nobody could believe this. He paid his own way to come from New York down to Memphis to wrestle. You that you get the women lined up and I will get in the ring with them and, and he he that's how sincere he was. He came down there and brother, it was great. It was great. It was crazy, but it was great and a half. And you're right, nineteen eighty two turned out to be uh, probably the most sparkling year uh, because of the Kaufman Lawler matches and and all of the things that followed in the television and the and the big stuff that Andy always did with it and believe me this is true when Andy came down there he demanded that he had a locker room of his own a little private locker room and he would go for an hour and meditate now. Uh, you know, I, he didn't ask me in there to say, hey, you want to watch me meditate? And so I don't, I take his word for it. That's a, I said, what in the Sam Hill is doing in there, Andy? He says, I'm meditating. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know how it is. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. <laughs> and, and anyhow, but he was just, he was just a one of a kind, kind of a guy. And, um, it was the biggest thing that ever happened to Memphis in terms of crowds and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, so I guess we have more people ask about the Andy Kaufman years and the things that happened and, and his manager, whoa, we almost had one there that we had had, uh, his manager almost had a heart attack when he found out he had signed a contract to Russell Jerry Law. Are you crazy? You're going to run me out of business and you out of the world. <laughs> oh, man, you can't be true. You stay out of that ring when these guys get in there. This women's thing is all right, but Z. Oh, okay. Well, who said that about ice cubes? I don't know. Hello, John, <laughs> Chad, are, are you with me? Absolutely. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I heard that voice come down. Did you hear it? Oh, no. Okay. You did? I heard a female voice say, oh, never mind. You'll be starting to wonder about me. <laughs> you won't be the first person. <laughs> I hear I hear those funny voices. I've been around Coughlin too long. That was what happened. But anyhow, Andy would go in there and he would he would come out and they'd say, Yeah, I was in there meditating. No. I don't want to talk to you about it. Just leave it alone, okay? And there we go. Yeah, no, specifically you've got anything else on Coughlin or anybody else, let's fire because I can see you're speeding up this clock because I'm about to lose all the time that I've got here, and I'm not, shoot, I have too much fun talking about Russell, and I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you. <laughs> no, we don't want you to leave us either, so, you know, we'll go until you, uh, you know, so you have to jump, but I know we have to move around uh, slightly uh, a little bit just to, you know, kind of uh, keep for time, so I'm going to let John continue with uh, with his role, but once you have to go, just give us a high sign, and we'll uh We'll wrap it up, and uh, you know we'll let you get on get on with your night. But thank you so much, John. Continue, please. Oh, I just wanted to say that there's been so many legendary guys that have came through Memphis. And mm. think, think about Terry Funk, Monster Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, even Lou Says, Bam Bam Bigelow, Paul Heyman, and the list goes on and on. Even Elvis Presley would make appearances at some of the shows. But do you have a favorite match yes. or matches or maybe huh? an angle that you could think of that you had down there in Memphis? Well, I guess the the, the the next most publicized match, and it would have to be one of my favorites, not that Kaufman wasn't. That was an ideal thing. But uh, let me give you a little test on this to see if you ever heard of the match of the concession stand brawl, Tupelo concession stand brawl. Does that ring a bell? Yes, actually, uh, Jerry Jarrett, when he was on the show, he told me to go seek it out and watch it, and I, and I uh, found it online. Great stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yes, yes. I want to tell you that. You cannot believe it. You know what? You say, oh, that's bloating. Shoot, that rustling fake. I know that. <laughs> now, let me tell you this. Abe. There were a lot of things that happened in there that nobody thought was going to happen. 
And, and you can betcha the first time that I stepped down those stairs and almost fell off the whole little stair, wooden stairways that went up to where we were broadcasting from, it was such a, you cannot believe that such a momentous occasion as the Tupelo concession stand brawl took place in a former automobile body shop that they, that they, no, take it back, we built into an auditorium. It was a little thing that we wrestled every Friday night and it produced for us one of our, one of our more exciting wrestling shows came out of there every Friday night and I would do it. We would finish along about 1230 a.m. and then we would drive by, we being one of the engineers and I would drive by the television station that was carrying it at noon the next day. And here would be a completely 100% all new television show that ran actually, as far as the, the total population, it ran in competition with our Memphis show. Uh, because we had a, a one going live at the time in Memphis, and here was this show from Tupelo that also was live when we taped it the night before and ran it back the next day. And I looked down those stairs and almost fell off of them because I'm looking, and here's Jerry Lawler heaving a gallon jug of mustard right straight at the head of the music man himself and just missed him by about three inches in the left ear and it crashed against the the uh, two before that was put up there right beside him and broke that mustard all over the place, and I thought, holy mackerel, you guys are going to kill somebody. Quit it. It may be me. And, and I mean, really, this stuff is going like you're not, you're not believing it. And uh, even if you saw it uh, in its entirety all the way, you would say, okay, where's the stuff you added in through? How'd you get in that? Let me tell you. I was hoping that it was not for real because those jugs of mustard and ketchup and everything else were looking awful big about that time. Okay, here's this big six-foot-five-inch guy that keeps an eye on me, and he's saying, you're running out of time. I know what that signal means. Uh -huh. So that's uh, that's one of my very favorites of all was the Tupelo concession stand, and um, so if you have any more hidden questions that you want to get done before we're through, believe me, when he pulls the trigger on it, that's all for me, you all. <laughs> so uh, you go ahead and ask him. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I got to say, my favorite thing that I like to ask. And we usually do this as we're wrapping up, and we will, uh, you know, we'll wrap up right here. But the thing I love to ask, and this kind of circles back to the start, and that is the okay. legacy 
of Lance Russell in professional wrestling. Like I said, so identifiable with the youth of so many people and just everybody thinking Saturday morning Ooh. is Memphis wrestling and that studio look and you're always going to be known as the voice of Memphis wrestling. But when you look back at your career and close the book on it for good, what is Lance Russell going to say about what he left on professional wrestling? Uh, can I tell you, you just said it. And that is what I saw in professional wrestling, brother. I saw stuff with more guys in one place and one little hokey-dokey place, which was Jerry Jarrett's Memphis Wrestling down there. I saw more than all the people who went to Madison Square Garden every night. You can say what you want to, and you believe yours, I'll believe mine. I think I was one of the most blessed guys in the world in terms of being able to say, man, I saw it all from the very beginning of it of uh, when we started going with Mr. Jarrett's wrestling that took place in Memphis, Tennessee, and I loved it. Just like I love being here with you guys, John and and, Kat and Al, <coughs> pardon me, Chad, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I uh, hope maybe we can do it again someday. But I do want to tell you that uh, it has been a genuine pleasure, and you guys are you, you, what I like, and this is what I meet when we go out and talk with a meet and greet. And I know I'm winding up. Can't you see? <laughs> yeah, he's over there chuckling up his sleeve. He said, "Well, I got, I got a hint on him. He, he got him prayed. He's right. He's too dead gum big for me to mess with." Anyhow, I want to say thank, thanks, guys. It, it genuinely is uh, it's an explosive uh, mark that will go down right beside a bunch of others and. And you mentioned names, Lou says, holy mackerel. We we were looking, were we not looking at pictures of guys over at Charlotte, North Carolina last year in the big get-together and all of that and saying, don't see too many of them with Lou says in there. I was very lucky. Lou was a guy that I got along with great, and I just loved being around one absolutely breathtaking scientific and everything else wrestler that uh, you ever saw and and i gotta say yeah i got his picture if you want to buy it it's eight dollars right <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm 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 not kidding about that but i am kidding too it uh it just it's just been a wonderful life and and the biggest thing that that if I don't say this, it's because I've turned into an all of a sudden blithering idiot. Uh, the biggest thing that I, I got a kick out of is the fans. And you go today, and I've been in arenas, and I've been in, in uh, casinos, and all of that. And here are the fans. From Memphis, Tennessee, and when I say that, I'm talking about all the way around Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, goodness, and they all say the same thing. 
without any prompting or not, boy, do you know what? I'll never forget. Every Saturday morning, we used to go over to our grandma and grandpa's, and we would go in there and start watching television. And, brother, you start talking when that television's on. My grandma's going to get up and slap you in one ear, and the grandpa is going to pop you in the other ear. Now, I'm telling you guys, this has happened so many times, it's not any scary anymore. It's just unbelievable. So don't believe it. <laughs> no, I'm telling you the truth. It's, it's really amazing. They're great, great people, and they enriched my life. Um, I hope we have been able to share some of it with you and enrich you all. Thanks very much, John and Chad. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.